Hi, this is Kathy Rue, your liberal Sherpa, here to guide you through our hashtag quarantined life, our coronavirus life, our new normal life, our social distancing life, our mask wearing life, our, oh my gosh, the list goes on. But don't fear, your liberal Sherpa is here and I've always guided you. I'm not going to fail you now. Enjoy this podcast. Hi, this is Kathy Aru, uh, known as the liberal Sherpa by quite a few people, maybe millions even, maybe internationally, but that doesn't matter because today it's not about me at all. Um, it's about someone that's in huge demand. I actually did um, the Fallen State TV with host Jesse uh, Peterson last week, and uh, there's a hu- there was a huge demand. Um, people thought there was a love connection, and uh, yeah. Uh, I invited Jesse onto this podcast so we could continue our discussion about the order of men and women in society and why he thinks um, the slave trade was okay and uh, apartheid was okay and he doesn't disagree with the Jim Crow laws from the South. And uh, oh my gosh, I have, I have so many things written down. Uh, but okay, if you want to see uh, my our episode um, when I went on Jesse's show, go to at Fallen State TV on Twitter, or you can go to their YouTube channel at um, it's you don't have to say at on YouTube, duh. Go to YouTube to the Fallen State TV and watch. There's about uh, five episodes of Jesse and I um, on there, and I hope you enjoy it. I've never met anyone like him. Okay, I'm going to call him now. Stand by. Okay, I'm getting Jesse on the line. Thank you for calling Vaughn. This is Christina. How can I help you? Hi, I'm trying to reach Jesse Peterson. Sure. Can I get your first name, please? It's Kathy Aru. Oh, hi, Kathy. Let's see. Give me just a moment. Let me grab Jesse for you. Thank Hold you. On, Thank you. Uh-huh. The radio show airs live Monday through Friday from wow, 6 a.m. to 9 Pacific people? time, 9 a.m. till noon Eastern time. To listen to or watch the show I'm, worldwide, I'm go calling to jltalk.com. To talk with Jesse on air, call 1-888-77-JESSE. That's one 888 775-3773 to support the show sponsor advertise or become a radio station affiliate as for our radio sales and affiliate relations department when we return to your call or go to rebuilding the name this is jesse hey jesse it's your friend uh, hey, Kathy Kathy. Rue. <laughs> how you doing how are you i missed you uh- amazing thanks for having me on you are it was the best interview ever you are you there yeah can you hear me uh loud and clear i enjoyed it it was amazing oh my gosh it was so much fun i mean don't tell hannity or you know those other folks but you definitely are just way better than than wow thank you (laughs) i appreciate that i like what i do i like really learning about people i i mean it was so interesting because I didn't know what you were going to ask next, and that was so much fun. It was like, um, uh, you kept me on my toes. Do you mean to do that? Do you mean to do that to people? Like, really just keep us on our toes? No, I just like having real conversation, you know? It, it was. It was, um, and it was fun. You know, I don't think we agreed on anything, 
but <laughs> but I think if you if you watched us on mute, it looked like we agreed on everything. So yeah, I know. I just I got a lot of really good feedback about that as well. A lot of people liked it. Oh yeah, it was it was so good. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I hope we reach like at least seventy million people watching our uh, the show, the episode. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it will. Yeah, I, I mean I, that's my reputation, so uh, uh, I'm yes. hoping to get the millions there. Um, Jesse, you just—you're an enigma. Um, I, I, I looked you up, so you're gonna have to correct everything for me. How would you describe yourself? Uh, a host? Uh, what, like, what's the definition? How would you describe yourself right now? Well, I, I, I what I do, I am. Uh, I'm founder of the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny, and I am a radio and TV host. I uh, uh, stuff like that. It's not, it's not, yeah, radio host. Okay, radio host and um, of the Jesse Lee, Jesse Lee And you could go Fallen State as well, right? Fallen State. Yeah, the Fallen State TV. Okay, yeah, because I went there too. I kind of went a, a little bit everywhere um, looking you up, and. It's amazing because you um, you started you were a businessman, right? You, you yes, so, so absolutely. But as a businessman, um, okay, I'm not going to waste too much of your time. I'm just, it's gonna, I'm going to just uh, keep this to 15 minutes because I could ask you questions for 24 hours. But as a businessman, <laughs> you're um, you're pointing out these views that uh, that women should stay at home, all that kind of good stuff. But I would think as a businessman, you would want as much clientele as possible. So how can a businessman be against, like, you know, the, the women's right movement and stuff like that? Well, I'm not against the uh, What I'm for is the family. I think the family is the four and first most important thing, where the father and mother get married, they have a truckload of children, the mother is home watching over the children and keeping the house going while the father's not providing, and working together to raise decent children de- into decent adults. I'm for that, but if the woman is not working, I mean, not married, she doesn't have a husband, she needs a job. So she can definitely go out and get a job and purchase items and do those things. But if she's married with children, she should be home. Then she wouldn't be able to be your customer, though. She wouldn't be able to... But that's, but but there are enough people in the world to be customers without the mother having, <laughs> having to leave. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It, 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 you can it, only make so much money. You only need so much. So there's enough people out in the world to buy your product. Then for the mother has to leave the home and go work. Just you're amazing. I I mean, <laughs> I if a raccoon had money and wanted to buy an ad in my in my publication, I'd take money from a raccoon. I I you know I <laughs> I, I I don't I don't separate. Um. Wow. So, uh, well, you- she still can go and shop, but she just should not have a, have to work. She needs to be home with the children. Wow. Um, okay. So you see how messed up the children are now because they don't have both parents at home. I mean, both they don't have the mother there to watch over them until the father come home. If they had that, we wouldn't have all this mess that's happening in the country right now. That's what's wrong with black folks. Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. When did you for? When did you form these opinions? Because you were a Democrat. I, I might get the dates wrong, but you were a Democrat, I think, till 19, was it 80? And then 1980, you switched to a Republican. Yes. 
what was it? Uh, was it? Did you get these views growing up, or something happened that year that flipped you? Well, I got those. I was. I grew up that way. You know, my parents got married. Well, my stepfather, my mother got married. My grandparents got married. My aunts and uncles got married. And I didn't know this life of uh, just being single, men and women being single with no two parents together. And uh, all of my cousins and sisters and brothers did, have done very well in life because they had perfect examples while they were growing up. So they didn't rely on the government. They were not blaming white people. The women didn't, didn't mind being home, being mothers and watching over the children. And you have issues, but you tend to deal with those issue, issues in a better way when you have good parents in the home. Um, but you, you've got to admit, I mean, now you're saying that some, you know, some things that have gone wrong and people have gone wrong. So if people are not in a good relationship, then, should, I mean, you really can't stay together. That's not, they also say you, you can't, that's a bad example for children to see, you know, mom and dad hating each other, too. Right. But when when two men, when a man and a woman come together, you're gonna have issues, especially uh, the man with the woman, because a lot of women are ego trips. Even those who try to do well, they still have an ego, and so the man have to help her to overcome that. And when you make a vow to get married, you make the vow through thick and thin, through sickness and health, no matter what. And if you stick with it with perfect love, you eventually overcome it. As a matter of fact, the woman needs the man to be strong and to love what's right with all his heart, soul, and might more than he loves her so that he can help her overcome the hell that she's in. Because women are, women are very insecure. They, have, their mind, they, they don't have uh, logical thinking. They don't think <laughs> logically. <laughs> I love you, Jesse. Keep going. <laughs> they don't think logically. And so you have to, the men have to bring her out of that illogical mindset into a logic mindset, and then she will have peace. And it's the job of the man to do that. The father should have done it while she was growing up, but a lot of mothers turn the children away from the fathers toward her, and the kids end up resenting her, and as you know, you become like what you resent, whomever you resent. So they take on the illogical mindset and emotions of their mothers, but when they get older and get married, it's the, the husband's responsibility to help her overcome that. It's an amazing way to live. It's a perfect way of living. But and if you if you check out my TV show, The Fallen State TV, yeah, The Fallen F A L L N, you will see where a lot of men and women of all races have gone through that situation. And the women today, they've been so brainwashed through the educational system, through the so-called women rights groups and the so-called so-called <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the feminist group that they lost their way because these women hate men and they have trained these ladies not to love men and so a lot of women are suffering and are not getting married because men are not going to marry women like that uh, all right Jesse. so are you saying uh, there is no way on the planet i could change your mind you've been you've felt like this your your whole life you this is yes because I saw that growing up, I saw how decent women were when they when things were in order. But after the civil rights movement started, the worst thing that ever happened to the blacks was the civil rights movement. And that should have never happened because 
blacks have not been the same between the black men and the black women. They have not been the same. The fathers left the home. The so-called civil rights leader became the head of the people, and the government became the daddy. And now black women, not all but most, think that they are better than the men. And so the men can't handle the black woman, and it's just a mess. And so that's why you see a lot of suffering in the black community today, because the men have been destroyed. Huh. Okay. Okay. This. Um. I'm going to ask you a, a couple of things that were on my mind, and 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 actually, some of your fans asked me to ask you questions as well. So ask me anything you want to know. Oh, I know. You. I mean, I. I. I, I love it. I love. Uh, you don't think twice. I mean, you. You are. <laughs> this is you. This is your core. Um, I, and I, I do, I love, um, I love people that honestly have a, a solid core. Um, and I also Thank love you. the challenge of possibly changing your mind one of these days when we go out on that date we were talking about, but okay. That's right. That's right. All right. So, um, you said there were positive aspects to the slave trade, Jesse. Is that correct? Yes. What Absolutely. is positive? What is positive about the slave trade? Uh, number one, it, it taught black men and women how to be independent, meaning that they, they were united together, they worked, they were able to take care of themselves without relying on the government or anyone to do it. And uh, as with anything, there were good slave owners and there were bad ones. And those that was of good, they did well by the slave. Those that hated people did, didn't do as well. And Blacks were able to recognize that. That's why once the slave, uh, the slave uh, trade ended, black Americans became more independent after that than they did to as they, than they did today. If you notice, most black people are not independent, thinking free people. They they love free stuff. They rely on the government. They want to take the white man's stuff away from him. Even under the Jim Crow laws after slavery. Black people did well. They did better then than they are today because they worked, they got married, they bought land, they raised children. They knew that it was good versus evil, not black versus white or white versus black. And they were able to recognize that in every every culture. That is gone now. Yeah, but um, but with the Jim Crow laws, you still had the the separate water fountains. You had the separate. It wasn't equal. So did you... And I totally recognize, I remember the blacks only water, fount, water fountain and whites only water fountain, but it was, they knew that it was a democratic government that was doing that, that it wasn't all white people. And so when we went to get water from a fountain, which wasn't often, it was only when we went to town, maybe went to a movie theater or went in for shopping for groceries or something. It wasn't a big deal because most blacks at that time were Republicans and they knew it was the Democrats, so they knew it wasn't all white people. It was just a Democratic government. Huh. And this is in Alabama, because you grew up in, in Alabama. I grew up in Alabama. I was born on a plantation down there, and I grew up under the Jim Crow laws. Well, I, I talked Dorothy Height. I was able to talk to Dorothy Height before she passed away, um, and she was telling, she was telling me she, the opposite. She fought so hard. So for against these things, against the Jim Crow laws that she grew up with, and and she fought for equal rights for specifically black women, even though she stood on stage for you know the I Have a Dream speech. 
Um, yes. Because she said, she told me the women were going to be left out. The movement was going to be run by all the men. And at the end of the day, the, the, the black women were going to be forgotten. So she formed, you know, a, a group, a strong group of black women leaders, civil rights leaders, because she did not like the separation, the, 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 the Jim Crow laws, the, the, you know, what was happening at the time. So what would you tell Dorothy Height, you know, if she well, you was know, I, I didn't know a lot about her, but when I uh, knew you were going to be asking me about her today, I didn't read up on her. Oh, you did not? She was, yeah, she was a feminist, and she was no different than the white feminists or the Mexican feminists. They hated men. And she didn't, she didn't love that order of God and Christ, Christ and man, man over woman, and woman over children. And so in any given, given uh, situation, when you have those type of people who don't love the order, who don't love men, they're going to always try to get in and, and bring their little issue in there. And it wasn't that she loved black men. It was just that she had a hidden agenda. So I wouldn't give her much credit at all. Oh, wow. I didn't tell you I was going to. We didn't even plan for this. I didn't tell you I was going to bring her up. But Maybe someone else asked me about her. I, I don't know, but I did know that you liked her or yeah. talked to her or something. Yeah. And I didn't know much about her. But uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give her much credit. Well, I, I, I interviewed her, and she's actually the one that taught me that um, you, could, you could make such a statement, you know, protesting but not rioting. She, she just told me how it was done in a way that, that you didn't need to throw a brick through a window to get your point across. And uh, right. I thought I, I loved her messaging and I loved that if I wanted, you know, if I wanted to speak up, she kind of actually taught me how, how to, um, I guess, ha have your voice heard without throwing a brick. Like she just told well, me how she did it and what her advice was. So that's, that's well, anyone who who don't have anger in their heart, they would never be afraid to speak up. But you got to overcome the anger. And during those days, before the civil rights movement, blacks didn't have the anger that they have now. They've been brainwashed. They, they, they have not had two parents in the home, not all, but most of them. And they've been brainwashed by the educational system, uh, by their so-called leaders, the liberal black and white leaders. And they don't really know the real history of Jim Crow, or slavery, they've been brainwashed by that. And what's so what's so sad about it is that they're out there angry, destroying businesses and carrying on and have no real idea why they are doing it. And they don't know that they're hurting themselves by doing that. They're making themselves look evil and bad and no one if you no one wanna be around them. If you notice, Kathy most people don't even like black people anymore because they're so radical, they're so angry, they can't be trusted, they'll go off at any moment. And so most people don't like them. They try to avoid them or they cater to them in hopes that they can get along with them. And that is because most black people don't believe in God anymore and they don't have character because they didn't. They were not raised by good, decent parents. Hmm. I, I, I don't... Um... But I, there's, there's white people protesting in the street, and I don't think we like people throwing bricks in windows in general, no matter what the color is. The, I don't. Yeah, you do, see, you do see more white people today than ever, especially young white people, because they've been brainwashed and intimidated through the educational system. Colleges and things have lied to them about black people. Black lives matter, and, and white people are responsible for the situation of blacks, and 
They have made them feel guilty, and now they are afraid. So they are cowering down to the black. And also the black white family is being destroyed as well. Men, especially white, straight, conservative men of power, they are the most hated species on earth because they represent good. They represent God. And so they're trying to destroy the white man in order to take over the women and children in the same way that they have done with the black man. The average black man isn't worth a dime. Have you noticed that? No. Yeah, they're not worth a dime. They act and think just like a woman. And so they're not leaders. They're not good examples. And that's what they're trying to do to the white man now. And that's why you see so many white kids out there protesting with Black Lives Matter, one of the worst radical evil organizations in the earth, along with the uh, Antifa people. Black Lives Matter was the founder, was founded by some fat black lesbians who has nothing but hatred. And I can't believe that anyone would follow these people. I'm shocked at what's happening. Don't, don't hold back, Jesse. Please, please say what you mean. Um, <laughs> uh, Did but, you ever imagine one day you would see people bowing down to black fat lesbians? Oh my gosh. I, I, um, I, I can't say that I actually uh, thought of an image like that. Um, th- thank you. <laughs> but you do know that that organization was founded by black lesbians, right? I do. Well, the thing is, the NAACP, was, which was a, an, the National Association for um, Advancement of Colored People, was actually founded um, by a white group up in the north. Right. Right, and they went down to the south. And they and yeah. a lot and then once um, once the group got moving, you know, got got more notoriety, they kicked out the white people from the group. Um, yeah, because I, they hate white people, <laughs> so they don't use them, but they don't love them. They hate them. So it's interesting. Uh, I, I I I can't agree that about the bowing down, but uh, to the to the fat um, women. But it is interesting it's that the bad, group... black lesbians. Oh, okay. Those are not normal women. Sorry, I forgot the whole term you used. But um, <laughs> but I do know that the groups are not necessarily founded by uh, who they say they represent. I mean, a lot of groups don't necessarily. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is sad. But um, uh, so isn't... I, well, isn't equality then bringing everyone up not inequality? Like, shouldn't we all be on the same level? Isn't that equality or No. Well, well, we are never going to, no one will ever be on the same level. I mean, I don't even know what that means. The same as I don't know what it means by systemic racism and all that stuff they say. Yeah. You, you are, you're on the level that you either strive to be or that you want to be. In America, you can do what you want. You can be as poor, as educated, as rich or whatever. It's up to you. We all should be governed and protected by the law the same law but as far as trying to put everybody on the same level of so-called equality that doesn't even exist that's just those are just words that they're using in order to intimidate the people and deceive them that doesn't even make sense even in the black community you have people like oprah winfrey and others they're wealthy people Uh, yeah there are a lot of other black people underneath them who are not as wealthy you don't see them complaining about that Huh. And is this why, okay, this this is odd, but is this why you thought apartheid was, is it true you thought apartheid was good? That Nelson Mandela was was right? Was well, his- Nelson Mandela was a, 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 a communist socialist. He wasn't uh, this good man that they tried to present him to be. 
And I didn't think that apartheid was good in that uh, it restricted certain people. But I do know that since the end of apartheid, white people, in, in, as they call it, Mommy Africa, are now enslaved. And their lands are being taken away from them without compensation. They are not protected by the police force. They are being raped and robbed and killed and murdered, in many cases, in their own homes. And nothing is being done about it. And I see the same thing, the same thing starting to happen here. When these radical blacks are taking over city council, they're taking over the government, the police department, and others, I guarantee you, and we can see it already developing, the same thing going to happen to the whites in America is that their land will be taken away from them without compensation. They will not have the opportunity to work and walk and be safe freely on the streets. If white people don't wake up and start speaking up and voting these people out and doing the right thing, they will be enslaved in the same manner that the blacks, the whites are in South Africa. Because these black people, they hate white people. Most black people do. Not all, not all, not all, but most. And to them, this is a payback, even to the liberal whites. Because the moment you disagree with them as a white person, they turn on you. And we saw that with the mayor of Minneapolis when they were asking him, will you dismantle the police force in Minneapolis? He said, no. They ran him off from the rally. They turned on him just like that. And this guy had been boohooing and crying ever since the George thing happened. But now he's their enemy. White people are hated by most blacks in America, as they do in South Africa. Wow. Well, you're not going to believe it. I, I actually, um, this is controversial, but I agree with you on Nelson Mandela. Um, yes. Because of his admiration for Castro in Cuba, which cu yes. was communism. And that's, uh, I'm Cuban. And I don't think you'll find a Cuban that will ever tell you they like Fidel Castro. Um, and Nelson Mandela sided with him. So that broke my heart. That's when I, I lost, uh, you know, I was taught in school to, that he was such a great man. But when he stood next to a dictator like that, uh, I kind of, kind of, I could, I could agree with you on that one with Nelson Mandela. I, um, yeah, that's yeah. what's happening here. I'm telling you, Kathy, for all white people, and even those, the Hispanics and Cubans who disagree with the blacks, they're going to turn on you. If you don't lick their boots and wash their feet and do all that crap, they will turn on you. They don't love anybody. If you don't love one person, you love no one. If you don't love your enemy, you love no one. And these blacks, radical blacks, love no one. They hate white people. Wow. Okay, so you're saying radical, but is it, uh, is it true you describe yourself as far right? You. I am so far right, Kathy. Are you falling I'm off the edge? I'm about to fall off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I didn't see that one coming, Jesse. But so you're, is it, that's radical then, right? Is, if you're so far right. It, you could call it radical, but it's radical for the good. You're, it's you're radical good radical. against evil. You're good radical. I'm a good radical. <laughs> that's why I like that's you. Right. I usually don't like radical people, but, you know, I, I think you're a good radical. And, uh, and I, I'm a good radical. I have nothing against anyone. I, I, I speak up about injustice, but I don't hate anyone because I understand that they can't help themselves in many cases. Uh, can I call you a fun radical as well? Is that okay, too? Yes, yes. I'm a fun one. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I have an amazing life because I don't have hatred in my heart. 
how'd you do it? How'd you um, get for a little bit of inspiration? How did you go from um, a, a, a businessman from Alabama, um, working hard businessman to a, a political figure that so many know? And I've heard so much feedback, so many fans. <laughs> you have so many fans. How'd you do thank it? You, thank you. Is it- I, uh, when I first moved to LA, I started listening to. Jesse Jackson and NAACP and others, and they were saying that white people were racist. Because I didn't hear this growing up in Alabama at all from any of my parents or family members or anyone. But when I moved here, I was 18, 19 years old. I started hearing Jesse Jackson and Louis Farrakhan and others saying that. And they were saying that white people were holding blacks back because they hated black people. And I believed that lie. As a young man, I believed that lie. And we were controlled by belief. Whatever we believe is what control us. So I started hating whites for the first time in my life. And my life went to hell in a handbasket because when you hate, yeah. you have no peace. And so long story short, I, uh, I started to question things. And that's when I was a Democrat as well. And so I questioned things. I'm like, if white people are so bad, if they hate black people, why is it that Jesse Jackson and Louis Farrakhan and NAACP and others, they're all doing very well. They're married, they're kids and going to the best schools. And that's when I realized that we have been lied to as black people, that we've been used by other blacks to get power and wealth. And so I asked God to forgive me for doing that. I forgave, I went and forgave my parents, and my and my life changed. I, I, when that anger left, my eyes were open from within, and I can see, and I can see that it wasn't about color and not about male or female. It's right versus wrong, good versus evil. And it was an amazing thing. Yeah. Then I went back to God, and I said to God, you know what, I have one more favor. And he's like, what is it? I said, you know, you have changed my heart, and I see now that it's good versus evil. It has nothing to do with the color or male or female. But I'm a Democrat, and I can't identify with the Democratic Party anymore because it's anti-God, anti-family, anti-unborn children, anti-military, everything wrong with the party. And I asked God, I said, can you do me one more favor? Can you forgive me for being a Democrat? Oh, my gosh. And he la- yeah, he like, oh, yeah, I forgive you. Just- and I became a conservative Republican. I read the platform, and it was about Constitution, God, country, family, freedom, independence, and I became a conservative, and that's why, so by doing that, I became a Republican. Are you serious? Because God's a busy man. Are you telling me you really ask forgiveness for being part of a Democrat? I sure did, because if anyone who's of the Democratic Party is not of God, and so I wanted to be totally with what's right, and the Democratic Party is is an it's an evil party. It's not for family. It's not for what is right. Wow. Oh, I shouldn't say man either. Um, he's a, a he's a omnipotent. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm a Catholic, so I, I can't just say he, God's just a man. But I'm just he's a busy. You know, um, he's a busy you everything. Right, a busy man. A busy man, right? He's a busy everything. He's all. He's everything. He's of the masculine spirit. He's not a feminist. Oh, he's not he's a feminist. I'm, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I still. I, I. I would say man. I wouldn't say he's a busy woman. So. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I got. Uh, I've got two questions from your fans, and. Uh, okay. This is really funny because this. The, oh my gosh, your fans are funny. Uh, this one is from uh, Roger Richards, um, 
And he asked, ask Jesse why such a conservative man lives in the most liberal state. Well, I, um, I moved to California from Alabama in 1968. And at that time, it was beautiful. I thought when I walked off the plane into, at the airport of LAS, it felt like I walked into paradise. It was, it was beautiful, a lot of opportunities, and the weather was amazing. And so I moved here for those reasons. And I never had an idea that California would become what it is today. I didn't know at the time that Democrats would destroy California. But I still love California. I just don't like what it has become with all the illegal aliens and all that. So I'm hoping one day we can turn it around because it really is paradise on Earth. We just have to clean it up. Oh, geez. I can't believe you said illegal aliens to a, to a Latina, but... But I love you. I love you, Jesse. I, so, are you in Orange County? Is it Orange County Republican? Is that's a Reagan's old romping? I am. Realm? Yes, I support Reagan. I am in Los Angeles, but I absolutely supported Reagan one hundred percent. Um, um, I actually lived in California. I lived in San Francisco. So, of course, I know you could imagine that. Of course, right? With flowers uh, in my hair. I know. But you know what? When I first moved here, I used to visit uh, Oakland and San Francisco a lot. Beautiful. It used to be a very beautiful area, but now that the blacks have taken over, it's hell to pay right now. Oh, my gosh. Jesse, it's, it's still beautiful. It's still, it's still, okay. Uh, this is, but you got to admit, we, they need to clean it up, though, right? They got home, uh, homeless people, dope addicts and drug addicts and alcoholics and it's a mess. It just needs clean it up, and then underneath all that junk is beauty. There, there, there are areas. Um, I remember they were cleaning up the Mission District, and it it, it was beautiful. It was, uh, I think, yes. best right, right, the best restaurants, um, the best tapas. Yeah, that's right. Right, best Spanish food. Okay, this is from another fan that um, apparently knows you well. This one's uh, from Tom Ding, and. Uh, he says, ask Jesse why he isn't married. And while he's explaining, yell beta. I have to yell. <laughs> so I'm not going to yell beta, but he wants to know why you're not married. Well, I, while growing up, I grew up in a big family. I have uh, six brothers and five, I mean, five brothers and six sisters, maybe seven sisters, but a lot big family. So I love the big family. And when I was growing up, I always thought that I would get married at 25. By that time, I would have bought my home and I would be established with my job. I was going to get married. I've been engaged twice. Yeah. But you, women tend to deceive you. When they're dating you, they act really nice. And, like, they understand and they, they, they love the man and do what the man says. But once you get engaged, they, then the real person come out and they want to control you. They're jealous. And, and so that happened. When that happened, I, I, I called it off. And then I woke up from the anger, and I just don't have a desire. I do. I don't have a desire to be married now. I don't have, because I believe in marriage and lasting forever. Yeah. And you just can't find the right woman to marry nowadays. Um, well, I mean, she's right here, Jesse. I, 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 Before you. Right. Thank you. You have to clarify. <laughs> you have to clarify. No, I would, I would, I would be jealous from the day one. Um, so that's the only part that's different. I would be very jealous. I wouldn't want anyone else looking at you from day one of dating. Uh, but see, you will understand because you're out there helping people as well, so you will understand the work. <laughs> I do, unfortunately, have a son out of wedlock. He's married because I told him, you know what, 
you got to do it the right way. He's married. He has two, two, two children, a, a daughter and a son. And his daughter got married year before last, and they have a little boy. You are too young to be a grandparent. Look at you. Well, I, I, I was dating this girl <laughs> in high school. She was in the 11th grade, and I was in the 12th. And we were having sex and unfortunately made a baby. And I said then I would never do that again because I, I, I know that children need to grow up with a father and a mother, so I decided to never do that again. Well, I, I, I was just saying you're, you're, you're so young now that um, I can't believe you're a grandfather. But I know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I, I, I think you'd be a super cool grandfather to have. Um, but you're, you're, you're way too young to be a grandfather, so I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> Um, Thank you. <laughs> so, okay, so I absolutely adore you, and if um, if we're ever in the same city, we have to go on that date, and I'll I definitely let you know. And I will slap another woman if she tries to look at you. I, I, I will. That would be amazing. I will not hesitate, and I will obey <laughs> you. Right? I have to obey you. And before you go, how did you become such a great um, interviewer? How you? You're so curious. You. You're such a great interviewer. Honestly, you're at you're at the top there. I've never, I've never met someone like you that that's just so um, that makes it a conversation. How how are you? How did you get that? Did you go to like? Well, thank you. I normally ask people and talk to people about the things that I want to know, and I think they would love to talk about it as well and know and what others would want to know. You know, questions and conversations that that really enhances life rather than taking away from life. I just like real conversation instead of the okie-doke that you normally hear these interviewers doing. I just like, because we are human beings and we're supposed to communicate with one another but not hate one another. Yeah, so you're naturally curious? I mean, you've... you've I am, absolutely. I think life, not I think, life is amazing (laughs) when you're curious about it, when you know yourself, and when you treat others the way you would like to be treated, no matter who it is, Life is absolutely amazing, especially when you don't have hatred in your heart. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you have hatred at all. And um, I don't. Okay, I, I look. I look forward to the tapas with you. And uh, your show's on. Um, so I could tell everyone to go to fallenstate.tv. And yes. uh, where else do you want me to t- to send them? To and they can go to rebuildingtheman.com. Rebuildingtheman.com. Yeah. And as you said, the Fallen State. TV. Yeah, that is super cool. I saw your merch on there. I'm getting a mug for my coffee. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got a drink with you every morning. and um, We're going to have to have you back by, because I want to angry and, and there's an, a major demand for it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I, I, want, I want to do it once a week. You're, um, you're amazing. Um, and thank you so much. I know you're a busy man. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on. I totally enjoyed it. We'll talk soon, all right? Okay. Better. We better. Bye. All right. Bye, Jesse. Bye now. Bye. Oops. I think he was about to say thank you, and I hung. Oh, my gosh. I hung up on him. Now we can't go on a date. I'm just looking at my phone right now. John T. Williams at John T. Williams 2 on Twitter sent in a question, and he is so good at his questions on all these podcasts. So I think he's a philosophy major, maybe, you know, I really don't know. I have to ask him one day. I'll DM him. But this is a question for Jesse, and I'm going to read it word for word. And then I am going to text it to Jesse and his posse 
and see if he will answer and respond all in the next um, few moments. I'm going to pull this off, okay? You're with me. Let's see if it works. Question for Jesse. In your opinion, was the death of George Floyd really about race? It's a question no one is discussing. Maybe, okay, maybe this was just a bad cop who didn't follow procedure. Just because the officer is white and George is black does it not does not necessarily mean he intentionally killed him because of his race. I just wish we could have that conversation. All right, John T. Williams, we are having that conversation by me reading your question and by me texting Jesse's people. Okay, we are going to do this right now. So, so let me do it. I'm texting and let's put on some groovy elevator music while I wait for an answer. This is a first. Jesse replied to John Williams' text, and uh, these are not my words. This is straight from Jesse. Actually has quotes around it, so not my words. Um, all of you taking this out of context, saying I said this. Ready? Jesse Peterson's reply to uh, the George Floyd question from John Williams. No, it's not about race. It appears to be an altercation between an angry cop and an out-of-control black guy. Uh, if it was a white cop and a white suspect, we wouldn't have heard about it. The media won't... Uh, blah, blah, blah. The me Don't judge. The media wouldn't make it a big deal. The media and race hustlers are lying and using the George Floyd case to divide Americans and defeat Trump in 2020. The police are the... Thin blue line standing between criminals and law-abiding people. The president supports law and order, and he is standing in the way of people who hate America and want to remake and want to remake it into a lawless socialist country. End of quote. I did not say that. Those were Jesse's words. Um, I can say something cool like Jesse, like, uh, that was amazing. Uh, but I can't say it like Jesse cause he's the coolest. I did not say that. Those were Jesse Peterson's words. Do with them as you will. That's a first on the liberal Sherpa podcast, uh, elevator music, Jesse Peterson. And, um, yeah, look me up, uh, at, submit questions on Twitter at Aru Kathy, A-R-E-U. Kathy, and I'll see you next time on our uh, feisty podcast. Bye.